0: What's up, guys? This is Max. Welcome back to the Mind Body Hoops Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mike Dunn, shooting coach. Mike has grown an awesome following on Instagram, teaching the art of shooting. Mike has grown his audience size to 121,000 people and growing, um, and for good reason. Mike is super authentic in the way he tells his message and the way he kind of documents his process of becoming a, a hardworking and consistent shooter, but he's a great teacher. The way he articulates his message will resonate with you. We got into how to shoot the basketball well, how he recommends we can become better shooters, how he became such an elite shooter, and more. Um, I definitely recommend you check him out on Instagram, at C Mike Dunn. It's just impossible to kind of articulate over a podcast how to become a great shooter but we do that we definitely talk about shooting but i recommend you go to his instagram first there's no way that we could do justice on this podcast explaining how to shoot the ball better than his instagram page does he has incredible videos incredible breakdowns where he has um graphics he's got videos he's got videos with audio over him i mean it's incredible the way he teaches you how to shoot the basketball i definitely recommend you check it out if you're interested in shooting the ball better again at C Mike done but nonetheless we had a great conversation we talked about him as a teacher you know his his ability to shoot the ball how we can shoot the ball better Um, some common themes in terms of what people struggle with shooting the ball we talk about with consistency we talk about habit building we talk about a lot of good life stuff evident after this podcast that mike Uh, approaches shooting the basketball, kind of how he approaches life. Like, if you want to become the best shooter of all time, it takes small, incremental goals and being insanely consistent. That's kind of what Mike is, man. He's got big goals for himself in terms of what he sees, but he breaks those down. We talk about that on the podcast, and it was an honor for me to be able to talk to him. I learned a lot from this podcast, and I know I already have things that I'm taking away and that I'm going to implement into my life today. So I hope you guys enjoy um, and take away as much value out of this conversation as I did. So without further ado, I'll shut my mouth. Here's my conversation with shooting coach Mike Dunn. All right. And we're recording. Dude, Mikey, thank you for uh, hopping on the podcast, man. It's been awesome to feel like I've known you for the last couple of years and to see you from, you know, from 15,000 followers. I think I saw you at and just to see you stay so consistent with who you are and the message you put out there, man. And to see you grow to where you are now. It's super awesome to finally have a conversation with you.
1: I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So I want to start off just because of the way you kind of put your message out there and the way you kind of share your content on how to shoot the basketball. I mean, it's evident in like the videos you put out that you're a killer shooter, but I'm more interested in this question to start off. In your opinion, what makes like a great teacher, a great teacher?
1: Um, I think it's the ability to recognize um, what certain individuals need and not, it, and really not come forward with some cookie cutter type method that you have. So I think it's understanding that different things work for different people, and while you may have certain core beliefs, there may be times where you kind of have to stray that stray from them from a little bit, just in order to uh, to cater to that particular person. So I think it's treating each individual as an individual and not as, as a, uh, as a, it's just, you know, as I said, like a cookie cutter type mode.
0: That's interesting. And I wanted to ask that because I wanted to almost give myself a better gauge, like looking at your content, that kind of helps me explain how you explain what you do. Cause there are a lot of times where you stray away from your message or here's a, an exception or here's like, wait, when, for an example, like you tell people bringing your elbow in always isn't a cookie cutter solution. And so I appreciate right. that about you and the, and the message you put out. But, um, is there a cookie cutter solution when it comes to shooting? Is there something that, um, you know, any shooter can benefit from whether they have a broke jump shot or whether they're a pretty good shooter? Is there any common themes? Like I know you've talked about putting your hand under the ball every time. Is that kind of one of those rare opportunities where it is pretty cookie cutter and that'll help anybody looking to improve their shot?
1: That's the big one to me, man. I feel like if you, one of the core fundamentals in shooting is unless, you know, unless you're 10 feet tall you're going to be shooting up and the only way you're going to be able to shoot up is by getting your hand underneath the ball. And so I think getting your hand underneath the ball is, is crucial. And I always say hand under and in the middle of the ball. So I think that's something that literally anybody can, can take and try to implement into what they're doing. And, I, and, and for the most part, man, I, when people get back to me and then they implement the hand under the ball and in the middle of the basketball, they usually come back to me a couple of weeks later, like, man, that, that made a huge difference. So that's probably the one thing that I would, uh, I, it's kind of like a non-negotiable with me. It's kind of like your hand has to get under the ball because if it's not, there's just a lot of issues that we're going to have to deal with.
0: And I, I wish I had someone like you when I was hooping, man. Cause I, I think a shooting's always been my strong point, but I've never even heard it being put that way. I've, it's always been elbow for me. So I'm always worrying about right. my elbow. Whereas like, whereas if my hand was under the ball, you're right. And it wasn't until I started watching like Steph Curry shoot the ball that I realized like, Holy crap. Yeah. Like he's really under that ball every time. So the way you teach is just resonates and that's a good one. People can stay away. So you were a, uh, you got a full ride scholarship, man. A lot of people might not know that you were a four year starter, which is insane. Um, at Philadelphia university. Right. And, yep. and what do you credit your ability to get to that college level and to play at such a high level too originally? Like, um, how did you get to where you are?
1: Man, it was like literally like just locking myself in the gym and I, I don't, looking back on it i mean i probably spent too much time in the gym i think there is such thing and i know like as 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 against what a lot of people believe i think that we're getting to a point where you know really really smart practice can kind of take place of unsurmountable hours in the gym but mm-hmm. that's that's really what i did man I, I i literally would be in the gym i remember my mom dropping me off at eight o'clock in the morning before work in the summertime. And then she'd come pick me up at six, seven o'clock at night. So, and then that's what I did like every day of the summer growing up. So, um, yeah, man, I just contribute a lot of that to, I just love to shoot, man. I love to shoot. It's the one thing I could do. I'm not, I'm not athletic, never played defense a day in my life. Never will. (laughs) And, uh, all I could do is shoot, man. And it's, it's funny if you can shoot the ball well enough, somebody's going to find a place for you somewhere.
0: Yeah. And was it always kind of the goal? Like, I'm going to go play college ball. I'm going to play at the highest level I can and see where it takes me. Was that always your goal or was it more of, I just love shooting and I'm going to do this every day of my life?
1: No, for sure. It was a goal, man. And like, I I was one of those kids that had the heart so set on playing division one basketball. And I think there's something that, that, that I tell kids now, like I I was so concerned with it. Like if I don't play division one, I'd like consider myself like a, like a failure. Mm-hmm. Really. That's the way, that's the way I felt, but I'm, I'm young, you know, I'm 16, 17 years old. So my, my view on what really is important is kind of skewed. So what I tell kids now is no matter, you're playing division one, division two, II, division three, it is an awesome opportunity to play college basketball, to play any sport at the college level um, let alone go for free. So I think, you know, as I got into more, I, I was more aware of of how awesome of an opportunity it was and, I try to tell kids any chance I can now that if you have the chance to play, no matter division one, division two, II, division three, do it. Just do it. You, you, you will not regret it.
0: And I like how you said your perspective kind of grew. Cause I, I put myself in my shoes when I was at that. And it's not even that long from Emily turning 24 now. So, you know, six years ago, I, my perspective was even so much smaller. And so, thinking back, I had a similar mindset where this pr- perspective of where this game it has to take me here or, or, or else I'm a failure kind of right. was in there too. Is it hard for you now working with these kids that um, kind of maybe have a similar perspective and trying to you know articulate to them that you know there's other avenues or there's better ways to look at things? Have you found that difficult to kind of shed perspective on people at a younger age? And have you found any success th- doing that?
1: You know, I think... I think just from where I'm coming from with them and how transparent I am about it, I think, I think they, ex- they, they kind of take what I say pretty, pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just, that's just a matter of just being completely truthful and open with them and parents, anybody. It's just, look at you. It's, it's okay to have those certain feelings. Like obviously you want to play at the highest level that no one's, no one's saying that that's wrong. You know what I mean? Like that's actually a good thing that you want to do that. Yeah. But I think it's just getting through to them and i think you know they see where i'm at i mean it's not like there's there's so many avenues in basketball you know so what i mean many. so so it's you know it's it's not if you don't play division one it doesn't mean your career is over plus i mean it, it's 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 interesting that we're having this conversation now because the kid there's a kid from wheeling jesuit who just got a two-way contract with uh with the sixers so we played division two basketball and now he's an mba player so i mean there's just so many situations that your career won't end because you go to division two or division
0: three period. I love that you say that. And I think that's important for people to hear. Um, so now you're, you're shooting coach, you got 120,000 people following you, which is an insane amount of people. <laughs> if you put all those people in a room, that'd be a, a quite a room of people looking, to, a shoot lot the, of people. <laughs> looking to shoot the ball right there. Um, I know this is kind of a tough question to answer, but is there a question that stands out as kind of like the most common question you get or kind of, you know, a big theme that kind of continues to pay through? I I don't want to try to ask you to give me a cookie cutter solution, but is there something that stands out as something people continually ask you over and over and, and what that answer would be?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I mean, I get tons of questions, but I think, I think the most common one I get from players um, is just, you know, they're, they're just like, I can't hit shots in games. I think that's the biggest thing, and I actually did a post on that recently. And um, it's tough, man. It's 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 a tough question to answer on my end, just because it's really, really hard to simulate game action. It's really difficult to to put somebody in a situation where, whether you know, you got the nerves,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you don't know how many opportunities. I think the big thing is you as a as a player who's the majority of players might be getting two to two to five, two to six shots a game. You know, unless you're the unless you're the go to guy. Yeah. So it's a very small amount of shots in order to make an impact. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to replicate that game like action in practice. And I'm trying my best now to address that with players now. And I think I have more and more to get out on it, but I, I think the, the big thing is randomizing your workouts to a point where you're not, you're not doing everything in such repetition, in such block format that it, that you, you're always in rhythm. It's it's more about now in practice, trying to find ways to get you completely out of that rhythm and out of, and, and, and uncomfortable in a way. Mm-hmm. And kind of, kind of get as close to possible as that game speed action. So I think that's the that's the big thing that I'm working with now, and I'm still working through it, and I'm still learning all the time, man. I, I bounce questions off people all the time, so but that's the that, that that question stands out.
0: Yeah. So you you suggest basically to people who have troubleshooting game speed are in games to just basically up the intensity of their workouts while without compromising form or anything, but randomize their workouts to make it a little more random as if it was a game because games are so. Hard to uh, predict, basically. Is that what you're saying? Right.
1: Yeah, kind of in a way. Like not not shooting. You know, even if you're shooting game speed shots. You know, let's say we're just game speed game speed shots pull ups from the elbow. Instead of shooting ten straight pull ups from the elbow, um, randomize it where you know the rebounder, whoever's passing, calls out a random spot for a catch and shoot opportunity. So it kind of mixes up that. Ooh, I like that that. that. that repetition. You know what I mean? I so like you're, that. You're su- yeah, you're such in rhythm. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh no, you're going to the left wing pull up jump shot here now. Yeah. And it kind of just changes your mindset completely and almost puts you in that game-like situation.
0: I like that. Have your rebounder yell out like corner or elbow yep. or, you know, short corner, exactly. whatever it is. I like that. I'm going to try that. So, um, is there anything misunderstood about becoming a great shooter? I think, um, I mean, aside, I'm going to try to push you here instead of like people thinking it'll happen overnight i think that's common with anything where people are trying to learn something new i'm sure all these people come to you hoping that their jump shots will change faster than it maybe takes them to change um is there anything else that stands out that's misunderstood about becoming a really great shooter
1: you know i i think that the more i work with with kids and the more you know i've I've done i've shot myself a a good amount of time i think it kind of comes back to what i touched on really briefly earlier and it's just the fact that it's not necessarily that you don't necessarily have to be in the gym for six hours a day. I think you reach a point where you, you kind of, you're going to tap out in terms of how you're being able to concentrate and everything like that. So I, I think that maybe is a little bit of a misconception, you know, it's yeah. If, if, if you're, if you're struggling to shoot the ball and then the answer is just get more repetition and well, there's a lot, maybe there's something structurally wrong with your jump shot, whereas you're going to go get more repetition and you're actually just getting worse in a way, Like you're, You're starting to, you're even ingraining those habits that you have even more. So I think it kind of comes down to smart, purposeful repetition, Mm -hmm. um, kind of supersedes everything else.
0: I like that. And I, I remember even when I would be getting up a ton of reps, I would uh, in the summer just to say I would, I would, I remember I'd get up try to get up a thousand reps, and it was like those last three hundred my arms were fatigued, my legs were fatigued. And I remember even coming into the next day's workouts feeling as if like I'd almost ingrained a couple bad habits. So the beginning of my workouts would, would have to almost be like course correction before I could move on. So I really like, right. what, I like what you said when, and making sure it's purposeful. So you're not ingraining like, terrible habits because killing yourself in the gym can put in bad habits. But I'm sure that you do. Like I always keep saying reps, reps, reps. Um, it's probably a lazy approach to telling people how to shoot the ball, <laughs> but um, it, it's what got me to be able to shoot so well. But I'm sure you, you do condone shooting a lot of repetitions as long as your rep, I mean, your, uh, your form is proper, right?
1: Correct. Just, I mean, just you, to clarify. Exactly. 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 But it's just, it's about taking the, take having the right form. while repping out whatever you're you're working on
0: totally and so um you as a shooter i mean you're obviously a killer shooter was there something that you struggled with shooting the ball wise like for me i was always better off the dribble i found my rhythm off the dribble like my pull-up jump shot is still my go-to and pull-up threes are a little easier for me but that set that set shot in game at game speed was always tough for me was there something that stands out for you that was the hardest part for you shooting wise? you know it's,
1: for the for me for the longest time it was just going right Well, shooting off the dribble going, and I'm right handed, but it was always finding that shooting pocket and, and, and finding that kind of like a a semi quick release in order to get the shot off. But it's something I I definitely worked on a lot. But yeah, man, I I used to struggle with that so much. And I I never had like train We didn't have trainers or anything like that growing up. So everything was just trying to figure it out on your own. But um, yeah, man, that was, that was big for me.
0: So if I came to you and said, Mike, I, I my pull up to the left is really nice, but my pull up to the right is, is struggling. What, w- what would you point me to do?
1: I would point you to the start stationary. I think that going stationary is, 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 a really overlooked, overlooked thing. So I think that.
0: And what, do you, mean, what do you mean stationary? Sorry to cut you so, off.
1: So it's completely standing still. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost starting just just pound the ball with your right hand right into your shooting pocket and Mm. shooting. So now you're just getting used to the transfer, right? And then slowly from there, you get more and more comfortable, comfortable. And now maybe it's taking one dribble, you know, one step, one dribble forward and just putting that together, finding that, repping that out, getting more and more comfortable. And then it comes to, you know, whether you're pulling up on a fast break or whether you're going through dribble combinations and stuff like that. So I'm a really, really big believer in starting really slow and really basic and just building on those on, on that skill as you as you start to get more and more and more comfortable and then eventually working up to a point where you're like game speed action, which which might isn't isn't going to happen in one, you know, one day. But it's something that I think that the more comfortable you get at keeping it simple, then the, uh, the better you're going to be at it once you really start getting into game like action.
0: I love that. And especially for the kids that are younger that see these complex moves, especially watching the NBA so much, it's easy to try to just go for that move right away. But I like your notion of just like starting tiny and and stationary with any move can help a lot. Um, Right. So Mike, you've been so consistent. I'm not the first person to tell you that. I mean, it's been insanely consistent. And so watching you over the last couple of years, just doing everything, whether it's shooting the ball consistently and your jump shot, so consistent or the type of brand you're kind of building and the, your consistency of building content and, and then just your personality, like never straying from who you are ever and being so consistent in that fashion. Um, I want to talk about consistency in general, man, Is, is, uh, has it always been on your mind that like being consistent is the way to success or is that something that came later?
1: Definitely came later, man. I was, I didn't have that mindset, you know, not even, I mean, I I would say like really got into that mindset probably about five, six years ago. Mm. And, uh, it just started with kind of getting my health on track. And, uh, once my health got on track and understanding that the only way you're going to see any type of results, you know, both mentally and physically was, was by, being consistent at whatever it was I was doing. So at the time I was like, you know, workout fiend. All I wanted to do was workout, workout, workout. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's kind of where everything started. And, and now it's, it's a huge part of my life. Now I would say, con- like, uh, you hit the nail on the head consistency. I think, um, consistency and accountability, holding yourself accountable. I think are the two are, are two really major things. Um, there's two you things. You want to be successful at something.
0: Two things I want to ask about that. So, um, do you think, your ability to shoot the ball at such an early age, and you said you put in just a ton of work, and your mom dropped you off, mm-hmm. and, and you obviously took consistency to build such an amazing jump shot. Do you think, looking back, that you were able to, like, take away that lesson from, like, what basketball taught you into life? Like, you say your health was out of line. Did you did you ever reflect on, like, okay, well, when I wanted to shoot the basketball better, I was just shooting a ba- Do you think that kind of played into the personality you have, or was it a lesson you had to almost learn over again?
1: You know what? That's a really good question because I've, I've kind of thought about that in a way I wouldn't, I never thought about that directly coming back to it, but I think that my passion for basketball early on and how committed I was to it um, definitely kind of set the tone for understanding what it takes to, to, to advance at something. So I, I, I think that's a great, Call on your part, just like the the correlation between the two, understanding what has worked, and Mm -hmm. if it worked in one area, it can definitely work in another.
0: I like that, and I I would just like to offer that to anybody listening because for me – Like you said, basketball can take you in so many different avenues. And I remember when I stopped playing, I was kind of like in this limbo. But then it was was almost coming back to the fact that like, all right, I learned actually a ton from basketball, whether or not basketball will be my career or whether it'll take me to the next level of anything. I kind of taking those lessons we learned from basketball can be super beneficial. But you also talked about accountability. How do you go about, you said, you know, consistency and accountability. How do you how do you go about like keeping accountability? Because I think that's difficult for me and, and for others in general.
1: Yeah man I think it's it's a hard thing. I mean I think it's hard to look look in the mirror and and, and really hold yourself accountable for like the, the 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 we'll just say the dreams or the goals or whatever you whatever, you know, it is because a lot of times you're the only one that knows them. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it it's it, it's not like if you don't do them people are going to really call you out on them. So I think you know self-accountability is huge and i you know i have this ultimate end goal which i you know i, I want to be one of the best at what i do period and I've, I've like i'm on record saying multiple times that i don't care if it takes me till i'm 60 years old you know what i mean like i'm 31 years old right now if it, if when i'm 60 i get that call from somebody or, or something happens where it's like okay man you're 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 at the top of what you do mm-hmm. then you know it's all worth it so I think, you know, waking up every single morning and, you know, not really taking any shortcuts with anything, not taking shortcuts with my health, not taking shortcuts with my workouts, not taking shortcuts with my family. I think that all adds up to whatever goal you have at the end of the day.
0: And is there something that you do to remind yourself your goals? Do you keep it in front of you? Is there anything in particular that you do to like keep your accountability or is it just come down to mental willpower and that you've built up this missile and and you just feed it every day?
1: I think it, I think the one thing is, so I, if if anybody that follows me or knows, but I, I wake up super early in the morning. Yeah. Um and my one my my one thing is like what kind of keeps me going in a weird way is like I have to I, I like I'm it's almost like I'm competing with everybody in my mind. I'm no I'm not. There's no there's not a competition, like I understand that. But every morning I'm like, yeah, I'm like, man, somebody's not gonna hit that alarm clock today, but I'm gonna hit it today and I'm gonna be up before anybody gets up. And I say I I, I tell people like people are like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean you're putting in more work early in the morning. And they're, they're absolutely right. We may be putting in the same amount of work you know, that I'm putting in at 3 a.m. that you put in later at 6 p.m. But it's one of those things where mentally it's a lot harder to get out of bed at 3 a.m. than it is to like walk into that gym when you're all rested and everything. And I think it just kind of builds this mental toughness that you really can't get. And when I when I'm in the car in the morning and it's right now January and it's 10 degrees and I'm driving to the gym and I know everybody else is sleeping like that does something to your mind that kind of says like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, even though I don't really have to. It kind of just sets the stage for me.
0: Jeez, man. Just hearing that reminds me, I'm like slapping myself because I, that's still to this day that like I'll, I'll stay up late if I have to do what I have to do late at night. But the mornings have been killing me, man. And, and, to, <laughs> and to wake up and to see Mike Dunn every day for the last whatever years, you know, posting on the story that he's waking up has put a fire under my ass for sure. And, uh, I mean, your ability just to stay consistent like that. has been insane, but, um, random question. Do you drink coffee? <sighs>
1: I do. I yeah. love coffee, man. You do oh, drink but coffee, only only black, like no sugar. No yeah, cream me, too,
0: me too, me yeah. too. I thought it was just pre workout, so I was I was like, is this guy human? He has to drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: that, well, I don't. I only drink. I drink pre workout before the workout, but like I. I usually have like my afternoon coffees, like a little pick so,
0: uh, okay. me up later in the day. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. So habits are big for you. I watched you on the, the Dr. Dish feature, which was awesome. They did a great job featuring you and yeah. asking you some Thank questions. You. And they said, describe yourself in one word. And you said, uh, my, my wife and I both would say it's habits like habits. And I'm a big believer in like whatever you do every day, whatever your habits are every day, that's kind of who you are as a person. And, and we can say, we want to be this and that, but when you look at your daily habits, it's kind of reflexive of where you're going. And for me, it's been easy to see that your habits have made you into who you are. And like the success you've found, at least with your brand is, is no accident and it's no shock and it's nothing, nothing new. But I want to ask you, how do you get a habit to stick? Or how do you recommend someone to get a habit to stick? Because for me, it can be difficult, man. Like you, you get a habit you say like say it's waking up early at 4 four thirty a.m you can get that right. habit to stick maybe for one month two months and you're kind of burning off the momentum of that habit and you're almost you know running on i'm so excited that this new habit's going to change my life and then say i right. say after three months that that excitement kind of wears off the novelty wears off where are you how do you get a habit to stick
1: see so for me and it, it may be it may be very different but my I, i'm really big into into visualization hmm. um and so I'm constantly visualizing where I want to be. So I, I'll, I'll point out, like, it, say I start a workout program. And I start a workout program. And I'm like, okay, this is how, and this may sound vain in a way, but, like, I'll be like, this is how I want to look at the end of this. I know that that's three months away, right? So, like, now I just I just held myself accountable for for getting, sticking to a particular program, which is a habit itself, for three straight months, right? And then I'll get to the end of the three months and I really just set a new, you know, there's a there's a new thing to come about. So I'm like, OK, now I want to I want to do this. So I want to I want to work out this many people in this amount of time. So now I, I think it's just constantly creating within the realm of what you want to accomplish, constant creating new challenges for yourself so that you have that fresh feeling, because mm-hmm. I think that's a very common thing, man. People people get so excited. We're at the new year, right? So like people get so excited about, you know, making changes and doing all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they get burnt out, you know, within the first three weeks. But um, it's it's about because it, it gets stale. It, it honestly gets stale. So I think you have to keep challenging yourself, challenge yourself to reach some whatever type of goal it is, and then just keep setting new ones. And then I think that really eventually kicks into it. You you almost are, are just like in cruise control after a amount of time. And I say after a year of doing what I did, initially waking up super early. Now it's just like, it's not a choice anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's what I do. Like it's, it's you know what I mean? It's Absolutely. not like it's tough.
0: And I heard, I heard on a, someone else's podcast, I can't take credit for it, but you, you do a habit long enough and the, eventually the habit does you, which it seems right. like happens to you. I mean, you're just doing this over and over and now it's just part of who you are. But I think I love that answer. First of all, it surprised me that you said that. I didn't expect that, but and it says a lot about you. So you say you have this huge macro goal, you don't care if it takes you till you're 60. And in my brain, I'm like, okay, that's what's driving him every single day. Like that takes some crazy willpower after two years to still be driven by that goal. But what you're saying is basically you break up your goals into smaller segments. And so you say you have a goal every three months. And that way it doesn't get stale. And that's what the kind of the question was, was like, I get stale. I think a lot of people get stale on the fact that like, I want to be the best shooter ever. So how do you go about breaking up your goals and and maybe talk a little bit more about like how you get specific like that and like how, how you go about visualizing and, and what's that kind of look like,
1: man, it really comes down to, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm a huge fan of like constantly learning new things. Um, and so you know i listen to tons of podcasts read like I, I don't have a lot of time to read so i listen to a lot of audio books cuz i have a lot of time in the car and i think that part of the way that i'm able to you know kind of set these different goals along the way for myself is by constantly expanding myself to new things things that i didn't know about so um like i for example right now i have a goal right now like i my goal is to meditate every day for a year i right? love it and i'm only I love it. and i'm only on i'm only on day 15 you know what I mean? But I'm in, in my mind, it, like, that's a big thing for me. And I, and it's a big, it's a big part of now what I'm trying to incorporate into, you know, my, my daily, my daily routine and all that kind of stuff. So, man, I, I think, you know, you want to keep things fresh and you want to, you, you have to expand, you have to expand your mind, man. You have to get out there and, and learn things you never thought you you would learn. And, you you i think you you end up finding interest in things that you you never thought you would be interested in. and from there it just you know it spawns these ideas and i mean man there's just the possibilities for achieving little goals along the way are endless
0: i love that and i love that you you've just motivated me to just get more specific because I have the, the end goals in my brain and I try to visualize that as much as I can, but setting smaller goals so that I don't get stale. And so that fire stays gone. I mean, I've right. seen you do it. So I'm going to learn from you. I love that. Have you noticed any changes since meditating in the last 15 days?
1: Yeah, man, it's amazing. It really is. Like I, and I, I guess like, I think like anybody, like I've, I've read a lot about it. And, and so I feel like I'm always in the back of my mind. Like I wonder if I'm ever going to have like this aha moment, but I can find, like, I I just find myself able to think a lot more clear. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, man, I think, I think it's, you know, it's only 10 minutes a day. It's nothing, it's nothing crazy right now, but I, I do, I do notice a really, really big difference thus far.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I'm only at 10 minutes a day, but. I think you've seen, that's one of the big things I've pushed just because it's, yeah. some, it's something, it's one of the habits that for me has like made me so much more self-aware and just been a happier person. And so I, yes. I, I credit yes. a lot to just, meti- just 10 minutes a day. It's, it's, it's lifting weights for your brain. So I love it. I'm trying to stay consistent right. with it. 10 minutes a day right. is about where I can top off too, because more than that stuff. But, uh, I love it. Um, dude, Mike, uh, I look up to you. I'm sure a lot of people do, man. Just who you are and you're so authentic and, and everything you do just seems so almost, I know you're putting in work, trust me, but it seems so effortless just because <laughs> of how you go about your business and how you act. And so I really admire that. Is there any advice you'd give your 24 year old self, my man, assuming you would change nothing, but I'm almost 24 now and I get yeah. the opportunity to have a conversation with a guy like you. I can't help but ask what advice would you give your 24 year old self?
1: It's a great question, man. And I, I think it, it it will come down to, Um, I only started seeing, I guess what quote unquote success, but like, um, you know, I'm just stuff that I love to do, but I didn't ever start to see all of that kind of stuff and really believe that I was capable of it until I really stepped into who I was and stopped really caring about how other people perceived me. I felt like I, I feel like it honestly took me until I was 20, eight years old to understand that I can just be myself. And I feel like that, that took a long time, but once I did, and once I said, Hey man, this is me, this is it. You accept it. You don't, I don't care at this point. Um, things really start to open up for you, man. And then whatever those, whatever those goals that you're kind of harboring inside, that stuff starts to come out. And, uh, yeah, man. I would say that be yourself it's, I love it, it that sounds, it sounds simple but it's difficult I mean it's it definitely me 28 sim- years to do it so
0: yeah I mean it's not simple and it's I think that's why you can have 121,000 people following you on Instagram and each one of them maybe feels like they know you on a personal level and I feel like you know if like before this conversation, even I felt like you were the type of guy, if I had any problems, I could call him and talk to him. I think that's just because you are so authentic and it's always been unapologetic. It's not like you're, you're trying to please anybody. You're just being yourself on camera. And that's, it's been super awesome to watch. Um, Appreciate that, man. Of course. Anything what's coming next for Mike down? What can we expect before I let you go? Where where do we find you? What's next? What's going to happen?
1: I don't know, man. I'm I'm working towards, I just I, I'm gonna keep putting it out there that I'm you know I'm working towards trying to get my own my own place and and really really get this this shooting stuff really really ramped up because I think that I uh, I think I have a lot to offer and I think it's going to be a little bit different than a lot of people are used to and I'm okay with that I'm okay with taking some backlash from from certain people maybe some traditionalists in, in that regard but uh, absolutely I uh, man I just feel like I put in the work to uh, to back up. You know what I what I preach and all that kind of stuff. So, hopefully that comes soon. But other than that, man, I'm just going to keep being a dad. Love it. Because it's the most amazing thing in the world. So
0: <laughs> happy for you. Congrats. By the way, <laughs> thanks, man. And uh, and I have a follow up question. I can't help it. What sure. would you What would sure. your ideal shooting clinic kind of look like, or or whatever capacity that kind of looks like? I'm going to get you to add more detail. What would be kind of some of the big uh, you know points to hit if you were to run your own program?
1: Um, yeah. So, I mean, if I, if, if I had it my way and I'm actually working on this super detailed shooting program that I plan on releasing like towards the end of the season, um, and it's really super in detail, but it's kind of setting things up. I mean, if anybody wants to steal the idea, they can steal the idea, but I doubt they'll put in, you know, the time necessary to do it all, but it's essentially setting things up because I'm a big guy. Like I, I'm, I'm really big into lifting. Right. So I, I love to lift weights. I like to follow certain programs and programs will say, okay, well, today is back in chest day today. Is the next day of da da. da. And so I kind of took this approach of, well, what if I start structured basketball workouts that way, my shooting workouts that way. So Monday might be a strictly catch and shoot day from very different from, from using catch and shoot only in different aspects. So hour, hour and a half Tuesday could be all off the dribble. You know, Wednesday is complete game speed action stuff. Uh, Thursday is all transition and it's breaking things up day by day. So you're getting really hyper-focused on one particular thing, but you're still getting your shots up throughout the day.
0: I love that. And I love that because I've always, when I've trained, I've tried to been super hyper focused, but I don't think there's ever been something where they structure that for you. And I think that's super beneficial because if people can get really hyper focused on what they're training, when it comes right. game time and you use that move or that shot scenario, you just have not only that skill backed up in such depth, but the confidence that you get from hype, like focusing on one skill in particular is incredible
1: exactly exactly and that's that's the goal man
0: i love that mike it's been awesome man you just by being who you are man i i'm speaking for all your followers i hope but just by being who you are you've made these small little ripple effects in my life definitely you know seeing you wake up every morning seeing you be yourself they haven't made the you know they haven't changed my life i'm not gonna say that but they make me do small things differently throughout my days throughout these last couple years and i just want to say like There's no measuring the ripple effects that you have with these small changes in people's lives, but I just hope you give yourself enough credit, man, because you've made me make small changes in my life for the last couple years. There's no measuring the the impact that has on my life, and I'm sure I'm not the only one out of the 120,000 that you're impacting, so... You're doing big things, man, and you're affecting a man, lot of I, people's lives. And uh hope you give yourself enough credit, my man.
1: I appreciate that, man. That means a lot. It really does. It really, really does mean a lot. Just keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I can tell from the combo podcast to this one how much smoother you get with your questions and everything. So don't <laughs> you stay consistent too, man? Just keep I appreciate it. This, yeah, okay? keep it's, it's good.
0: I'm gonna, it's really I'm good. holding myself. Appreciate it, man. I'm a podcast junkie, so I figured why not bring yeah. it to the basketball world. So I appreciate Absolutely. that, man. Thank you for. on the podcast maybe we'll do this again sometime it's been awesome
1: absolutely brother i appreciate it
0: that's it guys thanks for listening to this episode thanks again to mike dunn for hopping on the podcast with me really enjoyed this talk If you guys like my podcast and enjoy it, please do me a small favor. It'll take you two seconds. Go ahead to the Apple iTunes app and make sure to give me a rating, five stars preferably, and a comment, man. Those comments and those ratings help me a ton. They give me some credibility in the podcast world, and they allow me to keep bringing on awesome guests like Mike Dunn. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Reach out to me on Instagram, at MindBodyHoops, if you guys want to send me your feedback, The feedback really means a lot to me. I'm just new to this podcast world. So any two cents you're willing to send to me, super appreciated. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you guys on the next episode.